If you have your Bibles with you, I would invite you to open them to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. Uh, now, those of you who are with us every Sunday, you might have been expecting to hear John by accident because you get in a rut. And since we've been preaching through the Gospel of John, it is nice to have a little break this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you do not have your Bible with you, that's okay. You can open the Pew Bible in front of you to page 961. 961, I believe it is, and follow along there. We'll just be looking at the, the first eight verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And God's inspired and errant word reads, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I declared to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Father, we just ask a blessing upon your reading of your word. And now on this special morning, as we take some time and a few moments here and reflect upon your, your death, your burial, and your resurrection, Father, I do pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would illuminate our hearts and minds to receive what you would have for us this morning. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have simply titled this this morning, This is the Gospel. This is the Gospel. Have you ever been asked, what is the Gospel? Often we, we hear it asked that way instead. Uh, what is the Gospel? And if you have ever been asked, what is the Gospel? How do you answer? Or how did you answer that question? Is it an easy question for you to answer? Um, do you know how to answer that question of what is the gospel? To answer the question, what is the gospel, it should be the easiest answer or the easiest question for a Christian to answer. And yet I find that often we, we can struggle. I'm right there with us all, right? We can struggle in knowing how to answer the question, what is the gospel? I mean, this should not be because as Christians, we claim that the gospel has and continues to shape all life. The gospel factors into every single decision we make. In fact, the gospel is the basis of every single person's eternal destination if they believe the gospel or not. Life hinges on the gospel. In fact, Paul writes to the church in Rome saying that all of creation longs to be set free. We go on to say that from the, from the bondage of sin. So this morning, on this resurrection morning, I'm going to make a bold claim, or maybe not such a bold claim, but I'm going to make the claim that this is the gospel. This is the gospel. And from this text that I've chosen for this resurrection morning, we're going to have a look at three headings or three gospel headings, three points, whatever you have, whatever you'd like to add there. But this is what we're going to cover. We're going to cover the purpose of the gospel. And then we're going to look at the priority of the gospel. We're going to look at the 
person of the gospel. And then lastly, we'll conclude with the proof of the gospel. So the purpose, the priority, the person, and then the proof of the gospel. And we'll start, obviously, one of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it starts out with this. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. Stop right there for a moment. And I want us to focus in and notice the definite article, the. Right? This is not a gospel. This is not a type of the gospel. This is not a, 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 a gospel. But this is the gospel. This is not anything other than that. The Bible tells us in Galatians that if anybody else preaches another gospel, any other gospel than what I am preaching, let that person be accursed. It's an anathema if there's a, another gospel. And so Paul starts out this morning to this church in Corinth, making it quite clear that this is the gospel. There is no other gospel. There is no other options other than the one that we have unfolding here before us in the Scriptures. And so this is the gospel. And yet, what is the gospel? Where does that word come from? How do we understand the word gospel? Now, the gospel, uh, we often think of the gospel. We think of uh, the gospel authors. In fact, in your, in your Bible, uh, a human author probably put the heading there, the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John. Uh, that, that is right there. But the, the gospel did not start or did not come, or that word does not come from Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. The gospel uh, is a word that is a biblical word. It is a, it is a word that we find throughout our whole uh, scriptures and um, just is simply what? Evangelion, right? It's a Greek word that many of us, us know uh, and, and we pronounce it in our English, but nonetheless, <laughs> that's what the gospel is. Well, what is, what is that? And, and, and probably in your minds already, when I ask the question of what is the gospel, you've already gone there, right? Because you're all smart and you've been uh, to Sunday school and Christian school and church all your life. And so, and so you know, uh, for the most part, and so you know that the gospel is the good news, right? You probably already went there this morning. The gospel is simply good news. And that's how many would answer the question. In fact, Mark starts out his gospel in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, using the NASB, using the NESB, he says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now in the New Living Translation, a little more dynamic translation of their scriptures, uh, it's a very good, uh, easy reading translation, and it starts out this way. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, right? That is the gospel, that is the good news. We are all quite familiar with that. But what is the gospel? We can say it's the good news, and we can say it's because of whatever, or we had the four books that are, that are written. How do you answer the question, what is the gospel? What is this good news? If we're making a claim the gospel is the good news, then what is the good news, right? It's a, it's a simple follow-up question. Now, Matthew, uh, we'll go all the way back to, to Matthew chapter 1 at the beginning, and uh, when the angel spoke to Joseph, as the angel came to Joseph and announced the good news and made the announcement throughout the, the Old Testament scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, uh, often a, a proclamation was made of a new king, of a new birth. Have I told you the good news that I'm a grandpa, right? Now, you know what? You're going to be stuck with that for a long, long time. As preachers, we run out of illustrations, but I got a new one on the way, and I am excited for that one. 
So you'll be hearing much about that. But it's just simply an announcement. It is the good news. And when Joseph, when the angel came to Joseph there in Matthew, he said this, he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and she shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. See, this is the good news of the gospel. This is the purpose of the gospel. And that's why I'm starting with the purpose this morning. The purpose of the gospel is to save his people, us, all of us who are created in the image of God, to save us from our sins. That is the good news. That is the purpose. And we'll get into how that's done just, just briefly this morning. And so the first point, though, of the gospel or the first stop or step, if you will, is to know, is to know that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. There is only good news, right, if there's bad news. So the good news is only good news if a person does not understand that they are a sinner, that I am a sinner. There is no good news, and there is no need of the gospel. There is no of the purpose of the gospel unless I realize that I need to be saved from the wrath of God through the work of Christ alone. That is the gospel. Listen, it's not about Easter bunnies. It's not about little chicks that have too much sugar in them that you find in your Easter basket. You know, those are all fun and games, if you will. But this is serious business. And the gospel is saving sinners from their end. That is good news, and that is the purpose of the gospel, to, to save, to save. You see it, and it's exactly what Paul says. If you look at your Bibles there in verse 2, <clears throat> which also you are saved. And so the gospel which I preached to you, you received it, you stand upon it, and it is to save you from your sins. The gospel in the fewest words in the simplistic way that we'd want to spell it out this morning, it would be this. I am a great sinner, and Christ is the great Savior. If you were going to spell out the gospel in its simplest terms, it is that. I am a great sinner, and Christ, Jesus, is the, definite article, the great Savior. The great Savior. And so the purpose of the gospel is to save us from our sins. This is what Paul preached. This is what he's telling us here in, in, in the first verse. He's saying, this is the gospel I preached to you. And he's not saying that I didn't just preach it to you, but he's acknowledging and he's, or, or he, he's encouraging them. Uh, he's saying that you receive this, right? Which you also received. And he goes on one more step and he says, in which you also stand. It is by which you stand. And so Paul says, this is the gospel to proclaim the divine message of salvation. That's all preaching is, right? And this is what you received. Paul says, you received it. What have you done with the message this morning? And this morning, my friends, you will hear the gospel and you are hearing the gospel. What will you do with the message this morning? What will you do with the message? I'll do my part. And God will do his part. The Spirit will do his part. But what will you do with the message this resurrection morning? This, Paul says, is what you stand upon. You stand upon this gospel. I, I, I'm reminded uh, from Martin Luther 
the reformer Martin Luther, as he was called before the religious leaders, and he was called to, uh, to deny uh, the, the, some of the books and materials that he has written, and he was drugged before them as, as a priest. He was going to be defrocked. He was going to be having his badge, his, his, his credentials taken away from him if he doesn't recant. And he said, here I stand. I can do no other. Help me, God. That's you and I. We can stand upon nothing else than the work of Jesus Christ alone upon that cross. That is the gospel. We are desperately in need of a Savior. In this resurrection morning, that is what we celebrate. We celebrate a risen Lord and Savior. The tomb is empty. You know, there's a, a little church up the road from my house, and, uh, uh, and, and, and the sign says, <laughs> Cheryl, I'm not looking at you because you're going to roll your eyes, uh, and I'm not going to look at those eyes. Uh, those are nice green eyes, but I'm not going to look at them. Um, <laughs> but the sign says, <laughs> what does it say? Oh, the greatest message ever heard, or the greatest message you ever heard is an empty tomb. And so we're walking down the road with our little dog, or our little dog is walking us down the road, and I'm saying, but, but the tomb didn't say anything. And so then she calls me Sheldon. But and I don't know if you guys know who Sheldon is, but you know who Sheldon is? The guy from that TV series of what's that show? Yeah, anyways, never mind. I'm way off track. This is not the gospel, by the way. Uh, this is this is my ADD kicking in, and it's a little footnote. Um, point being, <laughs> point point being, the gospel has indeed the empty tomb tomb has indeed spoken, has it not? <laughs> and I understand the sign. I get it. Sometimes I analyze things too much, and that was her point to me. <laughs> but and, I, and that's my point to you. Is we don't have to analyze it too much. The tomb is empty this morning, and that of itself. We'll get there as our final point is the proof of itself. That is the proof of itself. Upon this I stand, I can do no, no, no other. The purpose of the gospel is to save. The purpose of the gospel is to save. And Paul told the church at Rome, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto or for salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ alone, by faith alone, and Christ alone is revealed in Scripture alone that we can indeed be saved is the good news of the gospel in acts as peter was preaching he says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved that is the gospel the gospel is there is no other way outside the lord jesus christ and that is what we're, we're celebrating here this morning well the purpose of the gospel this is the gospel to save people from their sins. Now, hopefully I've made that abundantly clear, what you've already known this morning, that the purpose of the gospel is to save us from our sins. In fact, Paul goes on here to say, he says, well, if you hold fast, if you hold fast, uh, unless, unless you received it in, in, in vain, he says, and this is the priority of the gospel. This does not mean here, uh, when Paul is saying, as of first importance, or it does not mean here when he's saying that if you hold fast, he's not, he's not, not a question that you're not, but he says, if indeed the faith that you're proclaiming is within you, you continue in that faith, it will hold you fast. That is what Paul is saying here this morning. And he moves on, and he says in verse 3, 
For I delivered to you as of first importance, and this is the priority of the gospel. We have the purpose of the gospel to save us from our sins. The priority of the gospel is this is what we must believe, that Christ died, that Christ was buried, and that Christ rose again, right? That we must, this is of first importance, Paul says, is that indeed Jesus died on behalf of sinners, that Jesus was buried into that tomb, and three days later, Jesus came out of that tomb victorious. That is the priority of the gospel. Christ died for uh, this for here, on behalf of, for the sake of someone or something, to make atonement for, to remove. Uh, These are all the senses here that understand this for. So Christ died for our sins. The for is here to remove us, to atone for our sins, to make a reconciliation between us and God. That is what Christ has died for our sins. And Christ is not only represents us before God, but also took our place by dying for our sins on the cross. This is what Paul says is of first importance for us this morning. And this is what we must, must believe. I capitalized must believe. And it's according to the scriptures, Paul says. Look, Paul says, I'm not the one making this here up. And of course, he's going to quote and go back to Isaiah chapter 53. And he's going to quote Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, or he's not quoting it. You say he's referring to uh, that when he says this, he poured out himself to death, speaking of the Messiah, the Messiah or the Christ, just looking for a Savior to come, which we know is Jesus here in the New Testament. But here in the Old Testament, it says he was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sins of many and intercede for our transgression. This is what Paul is referring to when he's saying, according to the Scriptures. Christ want to teach. In fact, I was reading an article this morning. Why I do this, I, I, I don't know. But I was reading an article this morning, about five o'clock this morning, about somebody once again who, who had left Christianity and was claiming or trying to debunk the resurrection, right? Or the death, the physical death of Jesus. And that the disciples, they just had, had, had a vision. But let me tell you here this morning, uh, the Bible does not leave room for that. The Bible clearly tells us that Jesus was buried. Now, I don't know about you, but you don't bury somebody who's living, Right? And so Paul says, this is of first importance. That's why he includes buried here. He wants us to understand that Christ didn't just pass out upon the cross. Christ just didn't hide him. It wasn't for a duration of time, but he literally died on our behalf. And then he was raised again. Romans chapter 8, verse 34, Paul would say that, who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, and Paul corrects himself here and says, yes, rather, was raised. You see, it's not the death that saves us, though it's part of it, but it's the resurrection. If Jesus would have never walked out of that tomb, and if that tomb would have never spoken, as the sign up the road says, if that tomb would have never spoken, then we will be still in our sins. So that's what Paul is saying, that Christ died for our sins. Yes, accordingly, or rather he was raised, who is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. See, that is the gospel this morning. In Galatians, uh, Paul says that he didn't make this stuff up. I didn't get it from nobody, and nobody taught it to me. But I got this from a resurrection 
resurrected body. I received it from Christ Jesus himself, Paul is telling us. And he goes on and he says later, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. He himself identifies in the death of Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me, and here again, and gave himself up for me. Listen, this is the gospel. We must understand the priority and the person of the gospel. The priority of the gospel, that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he was raised again. The person of the gospel is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah himself, the very Son of God. This is the priority and the person of the gospel. This is the gospel. And then lastly, as we bring this to a close here this morning, that is the proof of the gospel. We see the proof of the gospel in the, in the next few verses <clears throat> where Paul just goes down through here and he lists all kinds of people, right? He starts out in verse 5. And he says he appeared to Cephas, or, or Peter, and then to the twelve. And then after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now. Some of them have, have fallen asleep. They must listen to me preaching. Um, that's just a euthanism, right, for dying. Often you'll hear that terminology. Some have died. And then he appeared to James, and then of all to the apostle. And last of all, he, as one untimely board, he appeared also to me, Paul is saying. So these are the proofs for the gospel, right? I mean, all, all the church needed to do at the time, right? All the church needed to do, all that the Roman government needed to do was to produce a body, living or dead. Doesn't matter. Just produce a body. They could not do that. And that's what Paul is saying. No, they could not do that because Jesus has, in fact, indeed risen from the grave and don't just take my word for it here here here's a bunch of guys here's a bunch of people here's a bunch of men and women right the ladies were the first to come to announce that the tomb is empty go ask them if you don't believe me this is the proof this is the proof of the gospel verses um 14 and 17 of our 15th chapter would tell us this because paul here is writing to a church in corinth and this church in corinth is going all kinds of different wrestlings. And the whole point of this was because that some of them thought, and as, as Kenny had already mentioned it this morning, so some of them thought uh, 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 that, that when you die, there's not a resurrection of the body. And Paul is making the case and saying, no, actually, if that is the case, then Jesus would have been raised, and then we are hopeless. And so this morning, the gospel is what Paul is saying, is that we do have an eternity. We do have a life after this life. And that is the proof that we get from the resurrection of Jesus, that we ourselves, uh, uh, we have life after life, if you will, right? And this is when our loved ones uh, pass on before us. Both of my parents are no longer living. Both of Cheryl's parents are no longer living. You can all relate to that. But our hope is in a resurrection body that we will re be reunited once more. That's what Paul is telling us here in 14. I mean, this is, this is the good news of the gospel. So in verse 14, he's telling us this. He says, if Christ, if Jesus has not been raised, and, and then our preaching is in vain. This little exercise this morning, it, it's all pointless and worthless. Your faith is in vain. So you, you say you believe in Jesus, but if Jesus didn't actually raise, wasn't raised from the dead, then your faith is worthless. Verse 17, and he goes on further, and he says, if Christ, if Jesus has not been raised, your faith is worthless, 
and you are still in your sins. Listen, this is the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that you and I are great sinners and that Jesus is the great Savior. And if that were not true, and then you and I have no faith and you and I are still lost forever in our sins. Some would want to make claims that they can believe in a Jesus, that they can believe in a Christ, that they can believe in a gospel, that they can believe in Christianity and not and still continue to deny the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, my friends, if that is the case, that is no faith at all. And that is a faith that will leave you, leave them in their sins. If Jesus was not raised, if we don't celebrate this Easter morning, this resurrection morning, this is why we celebrate. This is why this is the best day of remembrance for the Christian faith. is because this day our whole faith hinges upon. And this is simply the gospel, that we are a great sinner. But we're not left there. That's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus is the great Savior. Do you know him? Have you welcomed men to your life this morning? Have you surrendered your life to Christ this morning? If you haven't, he's waiting. If you haven't, I can think of no better time to do it than the resurrection morning 2021 as we move on out of this pandemic. Would you do that this morning if you haven't? Father, I pray this morning for every single one of us. For those of us, Lord, who are indeed a great sinner, and I myself give a hearty amen that I am indeed a great sinner. Lord, my sins are too long to list, and yet you indeed are the great Savior. And because of the work you've done on the cross, you were buried, you rose again. Lord, every single one of those past, present, and future sins are completely on. I give you thanks for that, Father. And I pray, Lord, for anyone there this morning who is wrestling with such a decision as that, can this really be true? Father, I'm just a man. I can't convince anybody of anything. But I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that by the conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit, you can prove that you indeed are real. And so, Father, I pray this morning as you speak to our hearts and minds that our faith would be strengthened, that our faith would be renewed, and that maybe this morning, Lord, would be the faith for the first time. And Father, we give you thanks and we pray uh, for the words that have left this pulpit this morning. Father, those that are uh, not from you, just erase those from our memory. And Father, those that are, would you burn those into our minds and into our hearts? I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.